Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Industrial Marketer Podcast, your place for the tips, tech, trends, and tactics for industrials who care about driving leads and money revenue to their businesses. Um, it's exciting to be back. I I have missed every one of you since our last episode. I am one of your hosts, Industrial Franken Marketer Joey Strun. Um, and as always, I am here wishing you a happy Nelsoween with Nelson. <laughs> my my how are you, Nels? Uh, I promise not to scare anybody. This will be a, uh, a very, um, very, very uh, safe ground to uh, to trot on. Uh, you know what, Nels? I'm going to stop you right there because that's not a promise that you can keep this week. Because oh no, we're having a special episode, a full-on industrial marketer special report, because uh, we're in, the, we're recording this around Halloween. If you hadn't picked up on the theme so far, it should be released around Halloween. But here's the thing. What's scarier to industrial marketers than data and proving ROI? Nothing. Nothing is scarier than those numbers and those spreadsheets and those percentages and trying to prove ROI in the industrial marketing space. So we decided to dedicate an entire episode to analytics, but specifically Google Analytics for GA4, the rollout that is coming. If you haven't heard about it, you've probably heard about it. And if you haven't, you need to hear about it because Google Analytics is going away and there's a new one coming. And Nelson, and that's terrifying. Isn't it terrifying? You're, 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 I can tell you're shivered to the core. Well, as long as I don't have to build any um, custom dashboards or anything like that, I'll be fine. Oh no! See, it's like for it's like foreshadowing. Okay, I can't I can't handle it. My my goose my goosebumps are up all over the place. We are diving in because this is our special episode, special report on Google Analytics for and the upcoming changes in the data sphere for all industrial marketers. Now, this is a heavy topic, and there's a lot that's going into the GA4 switch. You know, it may everyone's thinking, oh, well, we got Google Analytics and Universal Analytics. That was all the same. This is not the same. This is a big, big change. And so we are bringing in the big guns. So this episode for our special report, we have the new director of analytics and industrial, Nate Griffin, here to talk to us specifically about the importance of data, the importance of analytics, and really making sure that everyone in this sphere is ready for this, because this is a big change. This is a big stuff coming. Um, Nate, thank you for being on the show with us today. Oh, thank you for having me on your special War of the Worlds Halloween episode. Uh, <laughs> I promise, well, I can't promise that people will tune in and then, like, go out in the fields looking for little green men who have invaded. Probably. Expected to be this scary. Okay, good. Um, Nelson and I are thrilled to have you here because when we were talking analytics, we're like, okay, we got to get the guy and talk to the guy who was actually helping us understand all this from our end as a professional. And so, um, I mean, we're, we're thrilled. But honestly, the real... The real importance here is for our listeners and these, you know, the industrial marketer audience are people who are on the ground level, Nate, they're working in the fields of the industrial marketing footsteps. 
all the way up to managers and C-suite who are trying to understand how all of this makes a difference for their business. Like they haven't invested in marketing infrastructure. Like this was, you know, their grandfather or great, great grandfather started these businesses, you know, so we're really talking the spectrum of industrial marketing here. I mean, let's just start off with an easy, big question. Is data and collecting it as important as we say, and why? Why is it important for marketers to collect data? If you are using the internet to generate leads or to generate revenue, your customers will leave a string of data along. Now, whether or not you choose to uh, collect that data or not, that is up to you. But if you're not collecting that data, if you're not, not analyzing the data, you are flying blind at where your biggest opportunities for sales and leads are. Uh, it would okay. Be- so that sounds pretty important to me. So, like, if you're you said flying blind, it'd be like if you didn't have sensors on an airplane and you're just hoping that you're pointing towards Baltimore. It would be it, it would be going to a conference and having your booth put up and absolutely no signage. Oh wow. And then, then and then you hand out your business card. And then you hand out your business card and it's just and it's just a blank piece of paper. And there's no <laughs> there's no contact back. And you don't know and you don't know who you gave it to. So there's no there's nothing to there's no follow up. There's nothing. You don't know where the person has gone. You don't know if the person has come back. You just hope. You hope they're interested because they had a, they they showed up. Well, Nels loves trade show analogies, and so you just used one. And so I'll extend that. I'll extend that metaphor a bit. So if you're spending a whole bunch of money to go to a trade show to do that the way that you just described, that money is not put to good use. So if I'm hearing you correctly, one of a well, a major benefit of having an analytics infrastructure or understanding the data around you is to make sure that the money that people are putting towards sales, marketing, and branding activities is actually being put to good use. That it's not just being thrown asunder or tossed into a jack-o'-lantern to keep the uh, that seasonal theme. Alive. I mean, I mean, Nelson, is that is that what you're hearing? I mean, it's like yeah, just the value yes. well, knowing? right, right. And we haven't even brought up the idea of actionable insights, right? It's like you know, right. not. It's just it's just starting with the foundational information that allows you to do something next. Also tells you, right. So, how many people found us? Who are they? Where do they come from? Anyway, yes. <laughs> I, uh, you know, and it's a lot of people are hesitant to get into the data and analytics game. I mean, mm-hmm. you, 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 there's a big sports pushback about, you know, how baseball and football teams are using too much in analytics. And I know what's best for my, for my, uh, business or my team or my situational pinch mm-hmm. hitter or my relief pitcher, uh, or when to go for it on fourth and one. I, I know what's best. I don't need I don't need numbers telling me what to do. My gut, my you- gut tells me how to do that. I've been in this business long enough to know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I know yeah, when the seasonality is. I know who's buying what. I know all of this stuff. Data is not a predictor of outcomes. 
It's not going to tell you this is going to work every time. It's a roadmap of what did work. And so if you have a better opportunity to go through that roadmap and say, all right, these people came from here. And I know that a person coming from this area of the country looking for this particular service or upgrade or product that we have um, came from here. How often has that happened? How easy it is to repeat that or is it easy to repeat that? I'm sorry. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not a predictor. It's the meaningful insights kind of come in from the roadmap that it provides you. I like, I like the roadmap picture that metaphor, because as I'm thinking about it, like someone could give me a map of the United States and say, Hey, I need you to get from, you know, New York city to Los Angeles. And if I just have the outline of the country, I might can get there without falling into the ocean, but it's not going to be quick. It's not going to be efficient. I'm going to get lost. I might die. If you add in the state lines, a little bit more detail, and I know a little bit more about what I'm doing with the states and the interstates, then, well, that makes my trip a whole lot easier. I can actually get there without wasting a lot of time. I know which roads I should take and what signs I should be looking for. But if you go even deeper and you start adding in like which truck stops on, on which roads and where restaurants are, and the more detail I get on county lanes and streets and, oh, no, there's construction on this, you know, we're talking like ways level data information, then my trip can become not only quick and efficient, but optimized along the way as, oh, no, this bridge is out. Go a different way. It'll save you a day's journey. And that, to me, as you're talking about this roadmap, you know, having a lot of data isn't telling you where to go. It's giving you the map so you know how to get there the right way. You know, it's almost that like, I've heard you talk to clients about this, Nate, specifically is saying, well, I want to build something that gives us a directional idea of what to do, not the answer, but which direction the answer is in. And I have always I've always thought that's a fun approach to saying like, well, this doesn't give us the answer. It gives us how to think about to get to the answer and which direction we need to be focusing our efforts. And that to me has always been a fun ongoing kind of Kaizen-esque thought process around data analytics. Yeah. I always, you know, a lot of, a lot of web analytics, a lot of expectations on web analytics kind of fall into the soothsayer, like look at the tea leaves and, and predict the outcomes for us and tell us, tell us, give us the answer. <laughs> oh, which doctor? Halloween. And, uh, and that's not how I like to approach it. I like to approach it of this is my goal. I know that this is going to make me money. This is going to save me money, or this is going to improve customer sentiment. So now what is that roadmap that gets a, that gets a visitor to the website or a potential customer from there to this point? And can we see that? Can we replicate it? Can we make it more efficient? And if we can do all those things, can we? Yeah. So, so I also like to think about analytics really allow you to play, you know, they show you what works sometimes or what has worked in the past, but they also show you what often doesn't work. So I like to think one of the benefits for manufacturers with 
analytics is it allows you to play offense and defense at the same time. It allows you to adjust the dials so that you spend a little bit less on this because it's not producing as much results. And you spend a little bit more on that because it has been. So let's, let's talk now more about the changes in the app, in the landscape here for analytics. You know, we're, we've come up on this key juncture. Google analytics has, uh, uh, I've seen the estimates around 86% of market share for B2B marketing. Um, obviously, it's free, but it's very powerful. So get us up to speed on where we are in the um, B2B analytics picture with this Google Analytics 4 uh, platform. Well, Google Analytics 4 is a brand new code base, brand new library. Um, it's And it is going to be a complete overhaul of um, an, a web analytics implementation. Uh, this would be no so, different. So if people have installed, you know, Google analytics now they're fine, right? They're totally fine. No, 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 no. This is, this is a completely new update. Oh, wow. uh, they've had Google analytics has been working on uh, using, or they've been using what's called universal analytics for the past 10 years. But if you think about it, Google Analytics as a property, as a product, has only been around for about 15 years. And in that first five years, there was a lot of changes. They had uh, at least three major platforms Mm -hmm. between 2007 and 2012. So like Google Analytics 1, Google Analytics 2, and then Google Analytics 3, which – and if, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Google Analytics 3 is essentially what we know of as Google Analytics Prime, Google Analytics Universal 360. The current what everyone yes. uses is essentially Google Analytics 3. Yes, and in the first, in the first five years, there were – you know they made three updates, and in 2012, it rested on um, – yeah, universal analytics, and that's what we've been using for ten years. And so there's a there's a whole generation of marketer of online marketer that doesn't know anything but universal analytics. Where if you've been there since two thousand seven, you've already been yeah. through these these types yeah. of updates before. But if you haven't been there, if you haven't, you know, you just started. If you've only been working in online since even twenty twelve, so ten years. Yeah. You've never gone through this type of drill before. I'll say that even even for me personally, Google Analytics 2 was the one that was launching when I was first getting into mm-hmm. the professional side of this. Google Analytics 1 is what we used like in school and in internships and things of that nature. But like Google, the current version is ultimately the only one that I functionally have used as a professional for a decade. So, it, you know, it is a really big change. And Nels, I laugh so hard because uh, I know you did this on purpose, but your foreshadowing bit of, well, thank goodness I don't have to write code or anything. <laughs> That's what one of, and, and Nate, I want to go into some of the differences between these tools and why we're even talking about GA4. But one of the main differences is, Google Analytics 3, the one we know and love, came prepackaged with a bunch of reports and dashboards and elements custom built, which is normally what people think of. So like the time on site, the visitor, the the bar graphs and the charts, all that was pre-baked in. That's not going to be the case with GA4 is they will have to build 
dashboards from scratch from using some elements of code implementation knowledge. Like it's not just a plug and play WYSIWYG like it kind of used to be. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I've, I've even heard, uh, you know, analytics practitioners, people that I trust and I've followed uh, for years, I would consider colleagues. One of the big problems, one of the big issues they have with GA4 is that they can't find what they're used to finding. Mm-hmm. And they have to go in and build it themselves. Um, the other one is there's a lot of stuff that they're not, they're just going to drop. Um, bounce rate in particular, that's, you know, a, a metric that everybody, you know, if you're in the online space, you know what bounce rate is. And you might plan entire campaigns around if your bounce rate is super high, yeah. you're not well, we're going to stop this one and we're going to use this page. Well, yeah, but and, at, at and the like same time, understand- though, no, I was, I was going to say that, that let's talk about the fundamental differences because there are still ways to evaluate what are effective landing pages. They're just different. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and so- we could theoretically like code in the equation to come up with bounce rate, but it's not going to, it's like, like these pre-baked dashboards, these metrics that Google has decided are these ones to, to visualize won't be readily available. But yeah, and also your point, like it's going to give marketers on our end a lot more control over what we're seeing, what we're looking for and what's unique to each customer and client experience. Because a lot of this is based on user activity as opposed to website session activity, as I understand it. Now, you were about to say something. Yeah, no, that's that's what it was. So Nate, yeah, walk us through a little bit about the fundamental differences with GA4 and how that can benefit marketers. Well, the biggest thing is going to be it's it's going to be focused on engaged users or engaged sessions sessions. Yeah. <laughs> um, what that means is people that are actually taking action on the website, how long they've been around, uh, how long they come, you know, how often they come back. Um, one of the things uh, one of the things that they've built in automatically is uh, scroll tracking. Scroll tracking. Oh, nice. And um, like PDF download link clicking, like this is stuff they've automatically included uh, in the updates because it was a lot of things. They were building stuff that a lot of people built into GA or to Universe. We built those types of things all the time. Yeah, that's that's actually I'm happy to hear that those will be baked in uh, in the new round. Yeah, yeah. And they're and they are. Yeah, they're events, but everything's going to be instead of hit-based tracking, everything's going to be event-based. So that's why the scroll tracking is important. That's why those outbound clicks as events are are automatically being tracked. Um, and and now, that's also why bounce rate is kind of going away because they want to focus more on what people are doing and less so much uh, what they you know trying to prove a negative by right. what people didn't do. Well, and as I, you know, and one of the things I've been thinking about, and, you know, you and I have chatted about this off to the side, but, you know, the element of tracking is just seeing what's happening on a site. You know, the world we live in, we've got, you know, 
voice activated devices on our desks that we can ask questions to that will pop us audio answers. We have phones that are connected to our profiles across seven devices, and we can send notes to ourselves on Evernote and links to ourselves from a phone to a laptop. And, you know, a bounce may not be me bouncing off of the site because I'm not interested in the page. It could be me bouncing from my phone to my laptop because the video is experience is better. Um, And so, you know, a lot of the things that I see them implementing in GA4 seem to be around that realm, like for like, and I'm thinking in a manufacturing space, like, you know, well, how often are people jumping from their phone to their laptop to their tablet when they're on the factory floor or, you know, they're researching something at work and then or researching, researching something at home and then buying it at work on a different computer because they have their work payment information and POs connected there. I mean, some of the changes, it feels like it's really about connecting with the people and the individuals that are searching and their habits as opposed to just like, what's happening on an app or a website. No, and that's that's a good point. The um the big thing they're trying to do is make cross device attribution a yeah. lot easier. Universal Analytics actually had it was kind of the first instance of this. The the point of Universal Analytics is wherever the library was called from, right. it was gonna fire. So you could put it anywhere you wanted. You could put it behind you could you could Put it on. You could put it in a um, CRM if you wanted. Yeah, and it could fire and send information back. And it was also the first time it allowed you to tie a user ID together. So if somebody does something on one device, like logs in, they you could tie logged in sessions together. But for Universal Analytics and for privacy reasons, you had to have those in two separate profiles. Yeah. Yep. GA4 is actually trying to stitch a lot of that stuff together uh, on your own, on their own. And there's still a couple of things you can do to make it easier for them to do that, like the universe, like the uh, user ID, if you wanted to build in your own user ID. But now it doesn't have to be separate profiles or separate properties. You can track that all in, in one thing. See, that's helpful. And some people who haven't set up Google Analytics properties or views or instances before may not understand how helpful that is, but it's very nice that what you just said is very nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, part of it's going to be part of it's a little black box. And so it's like weird. Like, what are they, what are they deciding is going to stitch those users together? Uh, my, I've heard some rumblings that it's actually based on like your logged in Google account. Right. I've heard that. Um, And there's some other stuff that I'm not absolutely sure of without like digging, digging, you know, doing some like heavy, heavy digging. But yeah, there are other things. There are other things we can do to kind of help that along and it all it can be property. So one of the things um, reading about uh, on the surface level that I do, I'm certainly not in the weeds on this, but, you know, I've read a lot about uh, first party cookies and third party cookies and sort of change in um, sort of um, structure or change in philosophy, if you will. Talk about cookies and what um, manufacturing marketers really need to know. We don't need to get super in the weeds, but what is what is really the key difference here in terms of the privacy and, and cookies aspect? So. As our as our online world evolves, you know, 
browser cookies, uh, browsers are just kind of little bits of data that or metadata that kind of like associate your browser uh, to something you've done. So like when in you, a, in you day, it's validating the fears that everyone's like, every website I know is following me around. It's like, yes, every website you've been to kind of follows you around a little bit uh, because of these cookies. Right. And, and I mean, it started out as like, just like a bit of like, um, you know, so when you click on a link and go back to a page and that and or and leave, but then go back to that page and that link is purple, saying that right. you clicked yep. on it. That's the cookie working. Yeah. Now, from an online marketing standpoint, people have used cookies to start, you know, serving ads that go, "Hey, finish right. your shopping." You know, you looked at this product. Now it's going to follow you around, even if you bought it. Yep. <laughs> um, you you went to you looked at a mattress review. Are you interested in this mattress forever? Um, Casper, yeah, Halloween, <laughs> Halloween theme. Yeah, hey, there we go. And uh, so, <laughs> so as this is going on, uh, there's been a ton of private privacy concerns with cookies, uh, specifically coming out of the EU. Uh, that's where the GDPR yeah yeah, thing, yeah um, originated. And so trying and, – and I'm always of the mindset that it's just a weird thing that a lot of times Google goes through these exercises, the, these like privacy exercises to make sure that EU-type legislation doesn't end up happening here. The other part is they're just trying to get in front of stuff. Another thing that's kind of big going right now is you know the iPhone and the iOS operating system – have, they've recently allowed you to disable tracking on apps. You know, it'll ask you, hey, do you want this app to track you? Nope. Um, you know, I do that. Um, the, <laughs> the other thing is more and more people are using content blockers and ad blockers. Yeah. And if they're using an ad blocker, um, it's not going to fire any JavaScript or Google Analytics, and therefore nothing gets stored uh, with that. So the you know online marketing essentially has based itself on those user cookies, and once people start blocking them and disabling them, what's you know how do we gain visibility? So GA4 is Google's first attempt at trying to move away from cookies. And they're trying to base it on user sessions. And again, stitching that together any kind of any way they can. But again, removing cookies from the equation eventually. It's not 100% there yet. Um, but this is their first attempt. I don't know if there's going to be like a fifth generation that will do that or if like that'll be an update in. Uh, oh, you know, a fifth generation's coming. GA5 well, is going to be a huge thing in it's five both, to 12 years. Yeah, <laughs> right. but there'll, there'll be there'll be updates throughout. I mean, you know, uh, and, and we've talked a little bit about the learning curve and we've talked a little bit about mm. the change. But there's a, there are some potential elements of this that sound pretty exciting to me, the sort of predictive nature, you know, if you do a a better job of tracking these custom, I mean, tracking these actions on a site, you can build a more robust 
pattern of behavior from your users. You know, even to the point Google is promising sort of a uh, um, artificial intelligence predictive basis mm-hmm. for setting up future campaigns and and even within you know helping you determine which segments perhaps you want to market to. I mean, what is 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 the uh, are we at the age of of artificial intelligence here with this? Is this just a bridge to what's next? Or what do you think about the uh, ability to do a lot of these um, sort of um, uh, not futuristic, but I mean, people can apply data visualizations and things now, but they're certainly, they're promising a bit, a much better um, look into the future. It's a double-edged sword. Um, I, so I, I think this is giving them a lot more capabilities than than UA had. Um, I will go to say that um, so Facebook lookalike audiences on Facebook ads is probably one of the strongest marketing tools I've ever used um, ever like just mm-hmm. I I was I was printing money with that, um, and I think this actually this upgrade for Google Analytics gets it. You know, if we're talking about predictive capabilities and being able to like figure out how to define segments, actually gets it closer to on par with Facebook's lookalike audiences. Um, if you don't know what Facebook lookalike audiences are, that's where you can upload an email list into Facebook. Facebook will find, uh, will try to find those people, whether it's by name, email, phone number, uh, zip code, address, whatever. They will try to find those people and then they will say, all right, what do all these people have in common? Turn that into an audience. Yeah. And those things are powerful when you really dial them in. Uh, I felt like, well, I was, especially, I mean, we give, we give Facebook so much more information about us than we do Google because, you know, people are liking pages and interacting with content and saying they like things, <laughs> you know, you have so much information. Yeah. So to your point, like if Google can take that mindset and start connecting the universe of dots behind what they know as well, that could be a really powerful tool. That could it is a really very powerful, powerful marketing tool. It, it yeah. also, you know, it, it, Facebook's is cookie based still. So, and Facebook is kind of running into that thing where, you know, iOS turned on the thing that said, don't track me while I'm from this app. So, Unless Facebook can kind of up, make an update, they might be, uh, they might be in a jam. <laughs> but Google Analytics is kind of paving the way to say mm-hmm. to to get around, get around. Yeah, I mean, my my understanding is that with GA four, you can define which events, which of these user events are most important to your particular business. So it makes it a little easier to customize what you're looking for in um, in your analytics. So, you know, if that's the case, the predictive insights should come more, more of them and faster because you're able to define what's a great experience from the start, right? right? Uh, manufacturers are different than 
you know, a, a lot of um, consumer facing retail products, right? So the the idea that down, it's almost like built in and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm probably wrong, but it just strikes me as it's almost like you're building in lead scoring from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It, and, and it can, you know, it really, yeah, let me crack it. Yeah, and that could be, you know, Joey, doesn't that sound, you know, enticing to you? I mean, I, I get yeah. it that there's going to be learning curves and, you know, oh, change is hard and everything like that. But, you know, it does strike me that for manufacturers with these long buying cycles and these buying committees and, you know, it makes it easier to connect the dots if you got multiple people I- from the same company you know, almost like the account-based marketing approach makes it, Yeah, I, to me, it sounds like it could make it easier to get into ABM. Here's here's what I think ultimately, and I'll, I'll pull back the curtain and the veneer of telling you my true personal opinion on this. I think that GA4 is going to be so powerful for exactly the thing that you said, Nels, but it's going to require that people be more engaged with it, be more knowledgeable about it and use it. I think universal analytics became a crutch for a lot of people because it has, oh, behavior and uh, conversions and the things that became easy and repeatable and they didn't have to think too hard or be too involved with their own data. I think GA4 will be powerful in all of those ways, but it will require more of people. And so it may not be as used. Um, but we'll see. I hope I hope time will tell and I hope time will will make me um, more of an, uh, a pessimist on this, but, you know, again, as Nate mentioned, I've seen this happen a couple of times and that was the thing about Google analytics three or universal that, that was so appealing was, oh my goodness, anyone can use this and that they're taking a little of that, of that back. Um, but, and that's okay. That's not, you know, like the end of the world, we're all marketers, we can all figure it out. And there are other tools, you know, like a, a bunch of us have worked in things like supermetrics and other platforms that, do a lot of the same machinations. If you've had to build a Facebook tag or a Facebook event to make their advertising work, you've done some of this work. So it's not like you're learning a new skill entirely, but I do think it's going to require more of its users. I mean, Nate, thoughts? I I think what's happening is because Google is building in some of the stuff that like you know, people would build in universal analytics for custom, like custom you know, custom events for scrolling, custom events for uh, downloads. And also, while also taking out, like making making generic reports that they used to have custom, what I think is maybe happening is they may be moving towards more of a business intelligence. Yeah vibe than they are yeah just that's a, that's a that's a really good way to put it i like that because i think google analytics is realizing that the power users are not necessarily just leaving the google analytics data you know not just using google analytics on its own but using google like pulling data out mm. and and making their own displays yeah, and then pointing people to those analytics displays and using them as ongoing informational pieces that they right. can use in their daily marketing activities. No, I, I I agree. I think you know we've talked a lot about how it's going to look and how that's going to transition. Um, you know, in in the time we have left, 
what is it going to take for people to change over? I mean, like, you know, we're, we're talking to people who may have Google Analytics instances right now, and they're thinking that it's just going to update on, on its own. And they may be learning listening to this episode that that's not the case. Like for people who just have no analytics or just have Google Analytics set up on their, on their sites, what should they prepare for when it comes to changing over? So the first thing they will have to do is create a separate GA4 property. Okay. So all the properties, every time this happens, a new property has to open up. And the property is, so, you know, in Google Analytics, the number, you know, there's the, there's the, there's that number that's like UA hyphen, there's your number. Number, 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 yeah. Number, 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 hyphen one. (laughs) Yeah. That's your Google Analytics property. And that's what tells Google Analytics to go, all right, I've fired this code. Where am I going to put it? I'm going to put it in this property over here. And it shows up. And that's what you log in and, and to Google Analytics and you see. Every time they've done a library update like this, uh, they've had to create new properties because it's going to someplace new. It's, it's, it's a new program calling something new. So create a GA4 property. Uh, they will next have to, if they are using, if they have put the code, uh, if they've hard coded the code on their page, they will need to replace the code, the, the GA, uh, the analytics.js code or the GTAG. The, the snippet code. tag and the snippet. They will, the they will need to apply, these. they will need to apply the new Google Analytics snippet. If they're using Google Tag Manager, uh, there will be, you know, you, there will be a new container, and it will. Uh, you'll be able to click new tag, and there will be a new thing that says Google Analytics GA4 tracking. Mm-hmm. You will add a number in there. That number begins with a G, so it's G hyphen number. Okay, not UA uh, anymore. G hyphen. Okay. Right. Uh, if it doesn't begin with a G, you're adding the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of the first thing. And but the next part is, you know, adding goals, adding events, adding reports that you're used to seeing. You're gonna have to redo all of that stuff. So okay. you know, if you see a if you see a new goal, or you know, if you've got something tagged as a goal, you're gonna have to build all of that back in into into the GA4 property. Uh. One so, cool thing. So what I'm hearing is that it's basically as if imagine that your Google Analytics tomorrow got erased. What would you do to start and set up an entirely new one? So you would go to Google Analytics, you would set up a GA4 account, you would get the you would put in your domain and they would give you a little, you know, profile and instance. One of the first things will be giving you the code or like, if I know Google, giving you the option to email said code to your <laughs> developer. Um, and, uh, and then that's, and that's what you would be adding to your Google tag manager. You would add it in the same way you would add any other tag to your Google tag manager. And then from that point on, you would work inside GA4 and that login instance, as opposed to the previous one. Right. Now the other thing that's I you know going into predictive analytics that what we were discussing mm-hmm. GA4 can go ah we see this is happening a lot is this a conversion 
you know, it, it will yeah. it will kind of put those little. Ooh, you know, that's cool. Then it'll kind of walk you through how to get that conversion tracked in the system. Well, it, it, it may automatically track, like, especially if it's like a page view. Oh, like a thank you page or something. Yeah, yeah. If it's a thank you page, it'll go, Does is would you consider this a conversion? And then you go, yes, I would consider this a conversion. <laughs> so oh, that'll be actually, exciting for some listeners. Yeah, it, it actually can find stuff for you on that initial thing. Or uh, now you'll want to, you know, you don't want to rely 100% on Google. Of course, of course. Anyone who's used Google ads knows this. It's like, don't take their <laughs> recommendations for everything. Oh, I do want to bring up. You will have to. It's easy. If you've got Google ads associated, if you've got mm-hmm. Google ads and universal mm-hmm. uh, connected, you can still connect GA4 the same exact way. It'll just, okay. it'll, you will know. you have to connect it again though? Yes, but it's okay, pretty simple. So, like, like it, it's a really simple thing. It, you know, you click the connect button and then go. All right, this is what you're logged into. Is this you right. want? Is this what you want to connect? You don't have to disconnect. Okay. Universal the Universal Analytics tag. They right should now. do that for Search Console as well. I would imagine, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. you can do that for Search okay. Console. So none of that will be automatically connected in the install. It will essentially like Google. Universal will have to be connected on a one by one instance. Yeah, but and I may be wrong on this. It's been ten years. Sure. <laughs> um, so, it, I think it used to be you could only have one thing connected, mm-hmm. like one property. But now that they're letting you, now they're letting you do it simultaneously. Great. So you don't have to turn off. You don't have to turn off the connection to. Universal Analytics. Correct. You can what I've read. You can run them both in parallel until they yep. turn off UA on July first yep. of twenty twenty three. Yeah, and the, the, the <laughs> right you and you know. So let's just talk about incentives. This sounds imposing. You might need yeah. resources, or you can ask for people like us to help. But there <laughs> is value in doing this sooner than later and starting to build up your, you know, your your historical data, if you will, because yes, you'll be able to save the data that you had from universal analytics, but it's not a year over year comparison because it's a whole new platform. So, you know, don't, don't delay, you know, this is something you're, you're better off doing sooner than, than later. Right. Easy for me to say. You messed up the the end of that analysis. Don't delay, get GA4 today. Yeah. (laughs) Be the first kid on your block. Yeah. That's what you need. That's what you meant to say. Yeah. uh, but no, I mean, Nate, would you agree? Would you agree that like, even now if like, well, I don't, I have until July 1st to do this, go ahead and get it. I would in say there, at get least set up the property thing. now. If you don't have time to get the one for one instances, like sure. that's gonna take some, that's going to take some heavy lifting. Or if you don't have time to do that, at least get, you know, data flowing into the GA4 property now. Okay. Because then you will at least be able to, you know, have enough of a history, uh, you know, even if you're not reporting on it, you'll have enough of a history to go, all right, I, I think I can see where some of the parallels are. Right. And you won't be, you know, you, you, you won't, won't be playing be, catch up as much as, is what I hear. Yeah. Um, or you won't be trapped in the house with a giant stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, 
So I, love I, was it. I, mean, to, this, I was trying to really force a Halloween metaphor. I'm sorry. It was really scary. And, and don't worry, it'll keep coming back to haunt us year <laughs> after year after year. You um, know that. And that's how you get that done. I, I, I know I'm a lot older than you guys, but I worked at a movie theater when the very first Halloween came out. Jamie Lake Curtis was a babysitter. Oh, man. So uh, that is sunsetting as well. So here we, it is. you know, it's just sort of the, you know, we're, it's, we're closing a couple of circles here. It's the circle of Halloween and yeah. it's the circle of data and it's the circle of Google. And I, you know, Nate, thank you so much for being here today and chatting through this. I know we like to get technical and nerdy off to the side, but, you know, really bringing this to our listeners attention is, is important. And it, I know that it's out there. But whether or not people have been paying attention to it, I hope they are now. So thank you for your insights and time today. Thank, thank you for having me. I was really trying to rein myself in from <laughs> going crazy deep dive because this has, yeah. been, this has been like my career since, you know, yeah. since, since Google Analytics started, you know, I've been in it and like I can... <laughs> you know, I, I I love to nerd out on that stuff. So hopefully I was, you know, ho- hopefully I was a good resource and wasn't too dry. Um, no, you're yeah, fantastic. Like, and our listeners have a, are loving it. Anytime you want to have like, if you think your listeners would like a real deep dive into this stuff, you know, invite me back. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm going to put this out there for our listeners who want to test Nate's metal. Go ahead and email us. Email us at podcast at industrialmarketer.com. I say this every episode, but you send us your questions, send us your topic ideas, things that you want us to talk about on the show. But if you have a question about Google Analytics, Google GA4, implementation, data history, whatever, email us and we'll put, we'll, if we get enough of them, we'll get Nate back and put his and test. Yeah, and if and if the subject matter today is sounded just a little bit scary, you know, (laughs) then um, you know if you're not into Google Tag Manager and and you're not sure that you're capable of doing this, then you know what, come by, ring our doorbell, and we'll have a treat for you. Okay. (laughs) Yes, and also email us and ask us to help because this is something that we do and we are. Uh, helping people with these transitions. So we're happy to talk to you about it. But uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to the Industrial Marketer Podcast. You know, subscribe to the episodes if you haven't already. Follow us on social media. Make all of your trick-or-treaters listen. Actually, put us on speaker (laughs) as the trick-or-treaters are coming around uh, outside. That'll that'll work. It is still be horrifying for them. Um, And I and and we want to be part of your community as well. So like I said, email us at podcastindustrialmarketer.com if you have questions for us, if you want to be a part of the show. And we are looking forward to the next time that we get to chat about all of this world of industrial marketing and how much we love it and all of the opportunities that it has for us. So thank you guys very much. Happy Halloween. And until next time, uh, have a good one.